road to Blake Street? Banter. We are episode one of in-season stuff, and Tyler, I am fucking stoked. I have been waiting for this moment for two weeks. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, we are back. I, it, it feels like way too long since we've done this. It's kind of nice, though, to have a lot of stuff to talk about, like two weeks of games, but it's also like I'm out of my element again. What if, like, <laughs> we got to get back into this. <laughs> right. It's, it's incredible. Last time we talked, it was before the season. Now, two weeks later, we're in the season. All the affiliates have played nine games. Albuquerque's played 12. We have stuff to talk about, and we were just discussing this, but we're kind of freaking out about the format. We have no idea how this is going to go. We have an idea. We're going to see how it plays out. But please listen, this is like, this is our bread and butter right now. Me and Tyler are loving this stuff. So please give us feedback how we are doing. Uh, the few of you that haven't given us content and um, criticisms in the good way, please keep doing it. We do love the feedback. We do want to know what you want and how we can do it better. We're just trying to figure it out. Uh, Tyler's in his last month of school. I'm trying to parent, work, travel. Have fun, have a life. I don't know. So <laughs> we're 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 struggle bussing, but we're here. This is this is it. The, also, uh, this is pod number two of three straight pods. So if you missed it yesterday, James and I sat down. We talked rocks for about twenty minutes. Got you caught up on the first nine games, and then tomorrow we are dropping the Jordan Pacheco banter session. Ooh. An hour conversation with former rocks, now Albuquerque Isotopes hitting coach. And I know we feel, I feel like we say this all the fucking time, but that is a conversation. Like it was just cool. It's one of those ones where you just keep talking and then you talk and then it's like, wow, okay, it's been an hour. We should probably let us in this and go have it. So look out for that. That's dropping on the YouTube if you like to watch it on the on the podcast. So yeah, we're busy, but we're also life, creating. Life is flying. Like having all this baseball going on right now. Like three, four weeks ago, I was like, yes, I need this. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's D1 baseball. There's four levels of minor league baseball. There's major league baseball. I don't really pay attention to, you know, the Japanese professional league, but, like, you've got a guy there. <laughs> who's 21 who has, like, 50 – or he's, like, retired his last 50 hitters. And I'm like, baseball, it's back. And it's it's all over. <laughs> I'm trying to take it on. But man, I I have sometimes I have two screens up while I'm trying to parent all my kids and be a <laughs> husband and all that. And like, what are you doing? I'm just trying to watch Hartford play right now at six o'clock. Like, <laughs> let me have this. Oh shit, Willie McIver just did really something cool. I better record it and put it on the Twitter and let people know. And hey, drop that. You don't need to be eating that. Don't put that in your mouth. It's all over the place. So I'm <laughs> trying to figure out, I mean, five games a night, we're trying to cover it. Thank you for you, James, uh, Nick, for helping out with the Twitter, trying to figure out how we can fill all this games, all this content. But we are all in on this minor league stuff. So we will figure this out. Tell your friends, like, hey, you should check out this number one team for the minors of Rockies and just let them know Blake Street banter, Road to Blake Street banter right here. Okay. All right, that's our little plug. Yeah, nobody's doing it like us, except maybe K-Dub. K-Dub is, is great. K-Dub does really good stuff. Like yes. <laughs> he dropped his newsletter today. We dropped our newsletter today. Put a little tweet out there in a second so you can read both of them. Uh, there is good stuff happening. Yeah, 
Death of Helper Report and us. Yeah. All right. Player bios. We are still going to go with these. So we'll start with these. I'm going to drop the name Tim Lopes. We heard him. He was signed as a minor league contract this year. Major league experience with Seattle and Milwaukee. But the reason I'm dropping this name is we have an award. The Rockies minor league affiliate player has an award. He won the very first week, 20 or second week, 2022 PCL player of the week honors this week versus the Rainiers. Posted a 1.034 OPS, a dinger, six RBIs, four doubles, one triple. Dude raked it one game. I think it was game one or game two of the series. He had five hits on the six of bats. Just an absolute monster. Uh, he was making it rain on the Rainiers. <laughs> so Tim Lopes, a name we might see. I don't know. This whole, there's such a cluster around everywhere. So Tim Lopes doing his thing in, in Albuquerque. Yeah, he's, I, I I like was thinking just now for the last 20 seconds of what guy I was trying to think of, Taylor Motter. I think he's basically Taylor Motter 2.0, like even came from the Seattle organization. Yeah, it's a good at comparison. At some point, like dudes are just going to kill the PCL and maybe they get like that little shot um, to establish themselves at the big leagues again. We'll see. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's cool to have those like veteran guys who, you know, have, Tim Loves wasn't great. In, in the majors and that's why he's here but guys that have been in the majors and actually done some stuff like that's awesome to have that with your triple a affiliate you know give the guys a little bit of um you know that veteran experience and tell their tale in the locker room yeah the I, I think that stuff goes a long way especially with the, these young guys like colton delayed um it, de- it definitely has to have some kind of influence like, yeah. Shoot, Welker. Welker came out the other day and said, just being at Major League Camp and seeing how guys were going about it because he wasn't taking his eye drops enough and <laughs> <laughs> it held him back for two weeks. Dude, man, still got a call up. Yep, he got a call up. Uh, but he was just talking about just the professionalism and watching people do their job. And it kind of hit him like, okay, I, I need to start working. My talent's not going to take me places. I think Tim Lopes, like you just said, is one of those guys. Yeah, and there, there's, you know, Scott Shebler, too. Who yeah. knows how much longer Shebler is going to be around because we didn't – he's not included in what we've got coming up, but he has been, you know, slumping a bit. So, yeah. Anyway, my my player bio, going with Mason Green, currently with the Fresno Grizzlies. He's in their starting rotation, 12th-round pick from last season, and he's been off to a nice start. I think just getting into the rotation as a 12th-rounder says enough a lot of the guys drafted around him are currently filling out the bullpens in in fresno and um and spokane but mason green into the rotation he's had two starts totaled eight and two-thirds innings has a 3.12 era and 11 strikeouts also has six walks but you know the stuff is there that's kind of what you're looking for at this stage you know this is it's not his professional debut but like it's his real professional debut, I guess you could say. The Arizona Complex League, you know, guys get some experience there, but this is a whole different ball game. So I really like what Mason Green has done so far. Um, just a little fun fact about him. We drafted him last year from a 46-8 and eight Central Missouri team, which is just kind of insane for any, you know, level of baseball eight to go 46-8. And, eight. and yeah. he struck out 123 guys on the year. Um, you know, and that's in – 54 games he he made you know like 10 starts or something like that uh so that's pretty insane yeah so 
no matter what level, if you're striking out at that rate, that's incredible. This was a name I was not familiar with. So this was a nice little drop. I like that. All about, we got that, that 2021 draft favoritism over here. I, I love all those guys. <laughs> uh, we'll have some, some more analysis on those guys coming up. Yeah. Hopefully a few of them reach back out. Uh, we have a few, I haven't told you this. We have a few people in the DMs ready to talk. Um, one was a free agent signing who's doing work. I think you're actually going to talk about him later. So we, we're still doing the Panther sessions along with these. We are finding our groove and going to just keep finding our thing. Mason Green. It's kind of a cool name, too. And yeah, the banter sessions are the like we did a lot in the offseason. They're so fun to if, if they can be fit in to do during the season, like to get that perspective on what is going on right now. That's, you know, next level. So, um, yeah. yeah, keep me posted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we have to find time. There's so many that we yeah. got to do. We'll find time. All right. So the next section. So we we're going to just kind of go with this for now. We're going to talk about each affiliate in their first two weeks of ball and give you some wows, some slumpers, some in the middles, some um, just quick analysis, clicking up the numbers, things that we saw from with our eyeballs and some cool things that might've happened. Uh, so just a quick rundown, hopefully not too much, but giving you some names to look out for because you are here listening for names. Who should I look out for? Who should be on my radar, radar and that kind of stuff. So let's start in Growlifornia, hashtag race the bear, Fresno Grizzlies. I want to say it. I'm going to say it. You don't get it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Our boy, Zach Kakaska walked off the season opener in Fresno and sold out crowd, had a RBI single, brought in the game winning run. And if I couldn't be like a, a more of a proud Papa bear in that moment, that would be it. Our team Fresno, they have been the kindest, most generous people to us as an affiliate. And then Zach at Costco, who we like literally just dropped the banter session, I think that week or some right around there, gave the ball away. And it all just like met in the middle. We had Tom Tomas doing the IG takeover, which those videos are still up. He even had that on the live, like all of our moments just came together for that. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty freaking cool. Like this little thing that we're doing, it all just hits together. So that was the that was the biggest like big game takeaway for me uh, for Fresno. It was sweet. And live shout out to Tomas. That takeover was was really awesome. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, learned a lot about just the area of Fresno, and then just you know intimately being at the park like that was just awesome. So thank you, Tomas, for for helping us out with that. Um, we'll be doing it again sometime, I hope, as, as long as that wasn't too much of an inconvenience being at the game, doing all the stories. <laughs> Dude, man, loved it. He was all about it. He's like, next time I'm going to do this a little bit different. I did take him around the park. So Tomas is going to be back. And he was yeah. passing out. He had his little niece passing out stickers. Hey, li listen to the pod. He's got a signed helmet. So Tomas is down with the get down. Tomas, we're in touch. We're going to get you soon. Uh who are some players that have stood out to you? So the first one, I, you know, highlighted this name right away, Adael Amador. And this is someone who I kind of going guy. back, I wish, and no, nothing on Zach Acosta. I think 
I want it to be a little bit more like obscure with my my guys, but Adael Amador is one of those guys I'm just super confident in this year. Just he, he's he's young. He's still really young, but like he doesn't play like he's young. Um, you know, he just turned 19 like a few days ago. He turned 19, but his his approach is just so mature. You know, we saw him hit his first home run of the season a couple games ago. Um, you know, six six walks, six strikeouts at this point. Uh, 462 on base percentage, plays some shortstop. There's just everything there. You know, two stolen bases too. Everything is there. Love what he's doing. And I don't think this is a fluke by any means. This this is a, was a really high-profile international signing. Dude is good. He's going to keep performing. I think this is a good bet to be a like a national top 100 prospect by the end of the season. He's definitely a name everybody's going to know by the end of the season. Uh, so we have Tovar right in front of him. Yeah. What's happening? How do you see that playing out? Do you think one of them moves to the other side of the second base? Do you think one of them's moving over to the hot corner? Just yeah. quick, quick prediction. I think, I think Amador's taking a lot of reps at second base too. And, you know, Tovar is it, everything we've seen, everything we've heard is, about him is he's amazing at shortstop. So, I think Amador would be a good fit at second. That'd be a nice little tandem. Yeah. It'll be sweet if Amador just works his way to Spokane and works his way through it quickly. Something play together. Uh, Braden Ward. Uh, you mentioned him a few pods ago. Uh, he was one introduction I think you gave or we were talking about him. Maybe in the draft. I don't know. Yeah. I know you mentioned his name because I misspelled his name. Um, but dude, man, scrappy. He's that, he's that scrappy, speedy guy. He came, he hasn't really started much. He only has 10 at bats this season, but he's produced eight total bases in those five hits out of those 10. Two RBIs, clutch, um, clutch runs. Like he scored the game winning run when Kikoska hit. I think he came and pitched ran. He has a dinger. It was a go ahead dinger when he did it. So it was an important one. Uh, three stolen bases. Again, he's only been on base eight times. So three out of the eight times he's been on, he has a stolen base. Uh, so Braden Ward, is, I think it's just that scrappy going to fight for my playing time. You're going to notice me. I'm going to have a fun time doing it. And I'm just going to upset the opposing team type stuff, but 10 at bats, he has a 1.467 OPS. So I think this is one of those guys that might get some playing time. It's, it's loaded in that outfield down there, yeah. which sucks for him, right? You have Benny, you have Yanquel, um, blanking on the other name so you're fighting for that playing time but i mean if you produce people are going to notice and i think he's just one of those names that we're going to watch over these next few weeks yeah love the the speed tool like i i can't pull i'm not going to pull up his college stats right now maybe mike can get on this but like he just had a ridiculous number of stolen bases in college not a guy to hit for power or you know leave the yard but that kind of speed is just, it's going to keep you in an organization for a long time. Um, you know, sort of like Eddie Diaz, another name that might ring a bell for some people is Wes Rogers. He was with the Rockies organization for a while. A lot of stolen bases, you know, didn't really produce enough with the bat, but the stolen bases are going to keep you around just that speed. Um, so yeah, Braden it, Ford is just a scrapper. Yeah. 89 stolen bases in his four collegiate seasons. And he didn't really play his freshman year. So, yeah, dude's fast. 
<laughs> Dude's just fast. Yeah, I think like that's probably why he got drafted because I I don't think his offensive output in college was great, but it's like you steal a lot of bags. There's a spot for you. It was nothing terrible. He can hit. He can get on base. Three three hundred batting average. Okay. Power power not so much, but what do you expect out of a five ten hundred? Yeah, hundred and sixty pound guy, but he's scrappy and there's there's a role for those guys. So we'll see how that plays out out of Washington. Uh, do you want to talk about Devin Schauber? Yeah, because this Schauber. is someone coming out of the draft, seventh round pick for the Rockies in 2021. This was a really nice pick out of Cincinnati. He's got, you know, the fastball slider changeup working. That's a perfect mold for a Rockies pitcher. And he pounds the strike zone. Uh, just one start so far on the year, but it was five shutty, um, five Ks, just one walk, like, he does a lot of good things. So we're not going to go too deep into this analysis right now, but this is one of the guys from the 2021 draft class that I think just has the most stable future ahead. You know, maybe not the brightest, but a very likely contributor, at least into the upper minors. And, you know, maybe he'll carve out a big league role at some point. Um, don't, I think as we represent these minor leaguers, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. They don't want to get ahead of themselves. So hopefully, you know, he just can keep it up. Um, over the next few years yeah that was one of the things we talked about yesterday on the pod uh the rocks pod was just embracing this moment and being okay with these success that we have we don't need to look forward we don't need to look backwards where we are right now and that's what we're going to celebrate so evan shover shoves call him evan shovesers yeah <laughs> there's, uh, there's something there there's something <laughs> we gotta get evan evan Lang uh, that, that man's nicknames <laughs> <laughs> uh slumper so we have our highs and we're gonna go right down to our lows uh case williams okay he was with us drafted by us he left us he came back um he started in fresno this year he's the fourth round pick for 2020 he's had one start it did not go swimmingly uh 2.5 whip over four innings and nine era uh in that one start so just not what you want to do if you're case williams Again, like I just said, but it's in the moment where we are right now. Um, I wasn't able to watch it. I know he's kind of one of those names the Rockies organization loves because, I mean, you trade him and you get, get him back. So, like, he is kind of that child, and he is – he's a, yeah, Castle Rock guy. So he's yeah. from the area, which is even more important, right? So Case Williams, I imagine he bounces back. He has the he has the skill set too, but – not a first grade outing down in Fresno. Yeah, a little concern there at this point, just because he's repeating the level. Last year it was he was a bit overwhelmed, I think, because you know he was fresh out of high school as a guy who was, I think, prepared to go honor his college commitment. I think it was TCU, um, but then it's like, yeah, you're coming to pro ball, and he's thrown right into full season ball, and it didn't go very well. So you know, you'd like to see much better results this time around. I would love to see the bounce back, but he's really struggled with his control. And that's one of those things that some guys just, you know, it, it piles on you mentally. You know, there's the physical aspect of being consistent. It becomes a mountain. So I hope that he can, you know, get on the plus side before things get out of hand. You know, you think Riley Pint, who we're going to mention in a little bit, like, Riley Pine had the same kind of deal, so much talent, but the mountain built on his back of just not feeling it mentally, 
not having it physically every day to throw strikes. So I really hope that Case Williams does not follow that path. Um, really hoping for the best there. So yeah. much talent. Got time to figure out the mental. We're good. Yeah. We'll be fine. Um, my slumper. I had to, I had to pick this one because he is my guy for the season. Yeah. I had to to hold myself accountable. Not that there's much to integrity matters. <laughs> integrity. Um, <laughs> but Bryce McGowan picked him as my my guy. 18th round picks. But we've I think in recent pods where we've discussed him, there's been some context behind that that the Rockies signed him as if he was like a sixth round pick with the signing bonus. Um, you know, he wanted to go high. He didn't. So the talent is is there. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, the, the concern with him really is going to come down to kind of same with Case Williams. Can he repeat his mechanics? Can he throw enough strikes? If he does, there's a, there's four pitches there that he can use. You know, he gets he, he can get up there in the mid 90s with his fastball. So all the stuff's there for Bryce McGowan. Just is it two two outings? Yeah, two outings, one and two thirds innings. Gave up several runs. So slow start, but not much to look at yet. And keep in mind, all these guys are young. They're in their first real professional season. I mean, for the most part. So giving it time, small sample size. Again, just giving you what we know. Um, in the middle, so there's a few names. You highlighted one that I know you'll talk about, but Yanquel Fernandez, he's number 14 on your big board. Uh, just an eight, 19 year old now with very big potential. He's got the, he's got the mold to be fantastic. And he kind of found his groove a little bit this week, hit his first dinger. Uh, it was a no doubter four RBIs, uh, eight hits, just it's slow. It's steady. It's there. 250 average with the 807 ish. Yeah. 800 OPS. It's there, but the relief that has to be to hit your first home run, trying to build up to these expectations. Um, it's gotta feel good for a young quelled to kind of get that. So he produced, he's doing his thing a little bit and now just doing it consistently and really being that big bat that we want him to become. And his name yeah. is really fun to say. And that's K dubs guy. K-Dub was a good choice. Um, yeah, so much potential there. So I think he has three stolen bases too, which for a guy like him who's big. Yeah, three. He's, you know, he's known for his power and not for his speed. Like, I don't think he's going to come to the, you know, through the minors and be a big steals guy, but it, it shows there's, there's at least something going on there. Um, but I got two in the middle guys. Both of them started last season or now Bre I'll start with Juan Brito. He, was with the Arizona Complex League uh, last season, and he did work. This is a guy who just works really, really good at bats, and that's exactly what he's done this season. Um, how many walks? Not or no, five walks already this year in forty-one plate appearances. That's a twelve percent rate. You know that's pretty good, and that's going to play through the minors. I always love to look for walk rates because with, with hitters, that's always going to translate a little bit yep. throughout the minors. So, you know, you might not hit for a great average, but you're, you're going to just consistently get those walks. He also hit two early season. So you know, getting that power working early in the season, we'll love to see a little more consistency. That's why he's here in the middle. 
Um, you know, he's hitting 229. So even with that great walk rate, keeps the offensive output a little bit low. And then bouncing over to Victor Juarez, uh, 18 years old in Fresno. He's going to turn 19 pretty soon, but still he looks like, like he's 12. <laughs> I, it's, he, I see him in the uniform and he's just smiling. He's out there having a good time. And I love that giddiness about him, but he just looks so young. <laughs> it's crazy. He's listed, I think, at 170 pounds, which isn't tiny, but it's also like for a, for a pro ball player. Yeah, it's, it's just small. weird you're going to lose 15 pounds throughout a minor league season. So by season's end, he might be, you know, hanging on. at 150. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he's, yeah, he's young. There's, there's a lot for him to, to grow into um, as a pitcher and as a human being physically. Um, but he's off to a really good start again, as an 18 year old in full season ball, two starts, he has 12 Ks in nine and a third and just two walks. Those numbers are great. I the think when he's great. Yeah, it's it's a he he pounds the strike zone. You know, he works hard uh, to keep, you know, guys in the count. Um, and when you're looking at a pitcher, just regardless, seeing, you know, that strikeout and the walk rate is huge because qu- like quality of contact is going to go up. It's going to go down. You're going to have your days where, you know, everything's going your way and then some where nothing's going your way. So the fact that he's limited damage to this point, you know, has a 5.79 ERA, which is, you know, pretty high, but everything suggests that that's going to come down. Um, and this is a, a, another one of these young starters to really keep an eye on for the Rockies. Um, not super high upside, but pretty good floor for For an 18 year old, the right. floor is high. Yeah. He has so much to learn and so much to develop. He'll, he's yeah. Just that age, that young age, they're young down there in Fresno. Yeah, I, feel, they, I feel like last year's team, maybe this, the whole COVID thing is kind of eating itself out again. Um, but they just seem younger, 18, 19, 20 year olds where last year it seemed like we had 20, 21, 22 year olds playing. Um, all right. Let's head up North to Spokane, Spokane Indians uh, struggling, struggled mightily against Eugene, but I think Eugene might be one of the, top 10 teams in all of minors they're just kind of they're just loaded up there with talent um restitutio stole home kind of it was put out there that he stole home but <laughs> he didn't it was just zach veen being uh an athlete so on our instagram i made a reel for it so if you want to go see that kind of cool but basically it was a double steal zach veen stole second uh but the tag wasn't made he kind of overslid and so he got up like popped up within 0.3 seconds and started dodging the tag and when restitute you saw that as soon as the throw was made to second restitute ro- rolled home but zach veen dodged the tag just enough for restitute to score <laughs> it was it's wild like you can't the video doesn't show restitute scoring but he definitely scored it, it was promoted that he stole home but it was just zach veen being an athlete but Fun little clip. It's out there on our Instagram, just Blake Street Banter, all one word, all words spelled out. Um, my wow is our guy, future friend of the pod, is going to be dropping probably in two or three weeks, Joe Rock. Um, just a stud. He he rocked. He had two outings so far this season. One went six innings. One went five innings. Uh, his first outing, his professional first outing, like he skipped Fresno, y'all. He was drafted last year. Skip Fresno. He's in Spokane. Six strikeouts, two walks, one run, only allowed three hits. 
that one 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 run was unearned so killed it and then he came back the next start seven days later a week later allowed two runs or three runs two earned that run that didn't count was kind of his fault he had a throw and error to first uh but we won't talk about that anymore he struck out eight uh again two walks he went two strikes i think it did the numbers two strikes to 15 of the 20 batters he faced and eight of those 15 were strikeouts you can take that how you want if you're going two strikes with every hitter you're going to get worn out but if you're striking out half of those guys you're doing something okay so something to watch see how that goes those pitch count and like getting early outs instead of strikeouts because he is just a big strikeout arm uh but watching him pitch was fun just the big his stuff is nasty and it looks like he's throwing from 50 feet from the plate but joe rock rocked yeah and he's just another one the 2021 draft class loaded you know they're i think on the the draft pod we did i was very high on a lot of these pitchers and thought you know we're gonna get a lot of big leaguers out of this class and again we just we're talking about this you don't you don't want to jump ahead of ourselves but you know, Joe Rock is kind of the front man for all this stuff. I think he's going to be the best pitcher from the draft class. He was the second pitcher drafted by the Rockies last season. Um, but I think he's exceeding expectations already, and I think he's going to continue to do that. Just he's got everything going on. He is rocking Joe Rock. Uh, <laughs> my wow from Spokane is Luke Taggart. And this guy, he's kind of part of the 2021 draft class except he wasn't drafted. This is an undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma, and the Rockies sent him straight to Spokane. And you're kind of like undrafted free agent, heading to high A. He's he's bait, but six innings, scoreless for him. He's got eight Ks. He can shove, and I, I think that he's someone, you know, how high is the ceiling? We don't really know yet, but he's gonna give, you know, this, system some good bullpen depth and that's really all you can ask for so give it some undrafted free agents some love there's there's a certain undrafted free agent that we really love over here so hoping that luke taggart can kind of do the same make a name for himself like dugan darnell and taggart might be our next dugan because he is that uh guy i was talking about earlier he's in our dms we're talking about scheduling a conversation his beard is fantastic, and he told me he is going to give us his beard regimen. Um, how to take <laughs> care of it. So big, big stuff. So look out for that coming up. Uh, slumpers. This sucks to say, but Zach Veen is struggling early. He's getting on base, and when he gets on base, he's electric. He already has seven stolen bases and 29 at-bats, which is nuts. But... Everything else isn't there. 138 average, only four hits in those 29 at-bats. Does have seven walks. So, again, he's getting on. Kind of like what you said earlier, alluded to earlier, the walks. If you can walk at the plate, you're good. Like, everything else will come into play. It's kind of a big unwritten thing people don't really pay attention to. I mean, we're not concerned. This is Zach Bean. He'll be fine. But seven walks, 13 strikeouts. So, that pitching stuff. And don't forget. Dude man struggled early last year. Took him two months to hit his first dinger last year. So give him some time. I think he's just a late bloomer. And when he blooms, it is gorgeous and it's going to be fantastic. But Zach Veen is still making things happen, even though he's not really making a thing happen with his bat right now. 
Yeah, and I th- I think he has seven stolen bases already. Is that yep. correct? Seven stolen bases. Like, Deuce fast. Heck? So yeah. who has more, him or Eddie? I I mean, yeah, this is why I have Eddie here as my slumper from Spokane, James. It's yeah. because there's sometimes some struggles for Eddie to get on base and to use that speed consistently. Um, you know, obviously I didn't say Zach Veen was going to lead the system in stolen bases, which seems kind of like a smart pick. Um, but Eddie Diaz has has been off to kind of a cold start. This is how last season started for him. He was, he started in Spokane last year, mm-hmm. hit 192 and was sent back to Fresno where he was able to steal his 48 bags. Um Hitting 176 to start the season, you know, very small sample could easily turn things around. But, you know, there's, I think, going to be this persistent question around Eddie Diaz and how often he's going to get on base. He's going to stick in the, you know, around a la Braden Ward. That speed's going to keep you around. But, um, you know, it could play so well if he got on base at even like a 330 clip on average. But that has not been the case lately. So, We'll see. I'm rooting for Eddie. I don't want to sound like I'm not rooting for Eddie, um, but things are, yeah, not so smooth at the moment. Yeah, hopefully he figs that out. Just watching him run the bases is fun That's enough. Yeah. He, he, he made a few good defensive plays, too, with the speed um, while I was watching that stuff. with I love that they played in Eugene because they actually are shown on MILB. Yeah. I don't like Spokane home games because I can't watch them. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah. Soon. This is Eugene's first year, so hopefully Spokane will be that guy, that team next year. Uh, Staying in the top prospects, Zach B, number one, Drew Romo, number two. Drew Romo is okay. He's hitting three over three hundred, but his OPS is at seven hundred. You expect maybe an eight 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 fifty from a guy like Drew Romo. The power isn't there, but again, he's producing five RBIs and twelve hits, thirty-seven at bats. Dude is still great defensively. Some of the things that he was doing behind the plate in that Eugene series was incredible to watch. Not again, not worried. It will come. Uh, that power. I mean, power really isn't his MO. I mean, he only had six homers last year. Uh, but those doubles should be coming soon. 17 doubles last year, only has three so far. Yeah, I guess that's the buff pace, right? So yeah. it's not terrible, but you want these top five guys, the V Montgomery's Romo's to be just raking all the time. And right now we're not right there. We're not, we're not seeing the true Romo rake. Yeah. And I guess the positive with Romo, you mentioned it, that he's still getting a lot of hits. And I think as he goes through the minors, that's kind of where the expectations are going to fall is like, can he just hit a little bit? Like, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a home run threat. But if he's a guy who can get to the big leagues and hit like 260 to 280 as a catcher, like that's that's, that's going to be a really solid role. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to just see him keep pushing the limits on his profile. I think that's been like the theme of his career to this point is he wanted to say, hey, I'm faster than I was given credit for. Hey, I'm stronger than I was given credit for. I hit better than I was given credit for. And I think he's done that on all levels to start his career, but We'll see it at Spokane. I think he can do it. And he's only 20. (laughs) There's so much for time. He's fine. Um, My guy kind of hanging in the middle right now, Will Etheridge. He's made two starts. They were both pretty solid. 
Um, this is a, an innings eating type profile, um, 4.22 ERA so far in the 10.2 innings. He's not 10 Ks, three walks. Things are looking pretty good. Um, you know, he's not in the wow section because he's got the 4.22 ERA. Um, he's given up a home run. Like, hasn't been amazing for him, but this is a guy who pounds the strike zone. He's got a solid slider, solid changeup. Um, so there's there's a profile there with Etheridge, and he's fun to watch, just consistent. He is Mr. Consistency in the rotation. So he's doing his thing. He, I don't know if he's ever going to be a wow guy, but he's not going to be a slumper guy either. So. Right. He's gonna. He's always going to be there. I think that 10 innings, 10 plus innings might be most in all the minors in our system. Like 10 innings right now sounds yeah. like a lot. So that is, that's good right now. Uh, let's move it on. Uh, Hartford, Hartford Yard Goats struggling out the gate. Um, but had you heard about this new t- pitch clock rule? Because- like, kind of. I like, I know it's coming around like throughout the big, like to the big league soon, or at least it's supposed to. But I didn't know that it was, you know, making impacts. Already. This was this was the first week, and Nick Kennedy had a, a super immaculate inning. And I do want to humble brag because we were on top of this before it was promoted on MILB Twitter the next day. We had this up, we had this going. So again, we are busy, but we're still giving you stuff before the big dogs are. Nick Kennedy had a three strikeout eight pitch, seven strike inning because of this new pitch clock. So the pitch clock is you, the pitcher has to get rid of it within 15 seconds of the previous pitch. Previous pitch starts when it hits the catcher's club or ends. So, and then the batter has seven seconds to get in the batter's box and be ready. Obviously, if you're not in the box, that's a strike. If you don't throw the ball within 15 seconds, that's a ball. It's kind of the pitch clock time. Well, Nick Kennedy had two moments where the batter was not in the box and that counted as a strike and he had his super immaculate inning there's a quick rundown quick brief i did uh two minutes it's on the youtube already up to like 350 views so people are noticing so thank you uh, but and huge shout out to nate harris for bringing that to our attention uh but this rule is going to be super weird seeing this all over the place it is an epidemic but it is happening uh this going to be fun. I don't know how I feel about the rule itself. We can dive into that next time, I guess, but there is a pitch clock and we have to be worried. Yeah. The Maculate inning, this time is here. It's going to be fun to watch. Like it's already all over the place. One of my wows, I wasn't familiar, even though he's been with us for a hot minute is Jimmy Heron. Dude just has been crushing balls. Um, where is it? There it is. Or he has three homers this season, five RBIs, two walks, 538 average with a 1.3 slugging in Hartford. Again, they've been facing some good prospects out there too on the east, northeast side. Uh, only 13 at bats. So he's kind of that bench guy filling in the roles when we need him. He only had 12 at bats last year. So he really is fresh on the radar. Uh, don't know much more about him, but maybe I should. Dude's raking with yeah. power. I was pretty high on him coming into last year. And then I'm, I, you know, I don't know what happened. I assume that was an injury thing. You know, he didn't really play. And now he's like, I'm here. I'm still here. So let's get rolling. Uh, my wow, though, at double A is our boy Carl Kaufman. He has just been so cool know, so far. 
Like this is what we were more than we were hoping for after kind of a, a slow struggle in 2021 so far, just one start. Well, I guess, yeah, don't want to, you know, jump the ship too far yet, but in his, in his first start four and two thirds innings, he struck out eight guys, um, just one walk. Like he was working and I watched some, some footage of him beginning of last year, end of last year. And I noticed some different things with his mechanics just trying to be a little bit faster and more direct to the plate. He's got good stuff. And I, I, I don't think that really should have ever been in question. I think now he's throwing more strikes. I think he's going to be kind of here for the long haul because of that. He's throwing strikes. He's got good stuff. That was one of the things he talked about in our banter session in the offseason was I noticed what I was doing wrong. I figured it out. I can't wait to get in the lab and figure it out. And he obviously knows himself and got to figure it figured out. So, so far, so good. Not going to worry that it stays this way, but pretty fucking cool to see Carl do his thing. Yeah, definitely. And Ezekiel Tovar has to get a mention here. You know, he's off to <laughs> oh, a really Tovar top. season. It is Tovar season in full effect. You know, 400 on base so far, hit a home run, two stolen bases. He's already drawn his share of walks with five. So things are going well for Tovar in double A. If he keeps, you know, grinding, pushing at this rate, he will be in Albuquerque in no time. Few things with Tovar, his bats there. I saw a few fielding mistakes uh, that you wouldn't expect from Tovar. He had just a few like rush throws, um, one bad throwing decision where he shouldn't have just thrown it at all. So that was a little weird, but I'm sure it's just trying to prove himself type thing. Um, but yeah, Tovar season, always here for it. Slumpers, I hated typing this out for our newsletter today, was Brenton Doyle. Uh, he had a zero, he had zero hits in the series against New Hampshire this past week. Uh, just not what you want to see, just struggled. He didn't look comfortable at the plate at all. Um, you can see that in his numbers. He had a four strikeout game, two, two, one, one. So doing a little bit better as it went on, but just lost, not there, whatever it might be. He's just behind development right now. Uh, hopefully a day off today, comes back tomorrow, figures it out for this next series. But Brinson Doyle, not doing it with the stick. He had a few good defensive plays, but the stick is quiet right now. Yeah, he's a big guy to root for. And, you know, the upside is is huge too. So I hope he can get back on track. Just like Mike Toglia, my slumper here, he hit a home run, I think, in the opener or the second game of the season. And it was like, okay, Mike Toglia is going to have a big year. It's still on the table, of course. You know, we're, we're still only nine, ten games in. But Toglia struck out 15 times in 37 plate appearances already. That's a 40.5% yeah. rate. That's kind of his issue is the strikeouts have piled up a lot. You know, he works counts deep, draws a lot of walks, but he's also strike, he also strikes out a lot. So that's a huge worry. That's something that could completely – to the base like regardless of being a good big leaguer the strikeouts could slow him from getting there at all so we really got to see that turn around it's, the upside is huge with him you know switch hitter athletic like smooth defending first baseman like we need mike toglia to hit his stride so hopefully next couple weeks he turns things around but as of now there's some concern there 
yeah. with the 15 Ks. And that's always been his biggest knock. That's why we keep hearing about Tolia. And hopefully he really lessens that. That is that is something to watch out for. Don't like hearing that. Middleman, friend of the pod, Noah Davis. His first outing was terrible. He would be the first one to say it too. Just left some stuff hanging, wasn't sharp, had six strikeouts, but gave up two bombs. Uh, the bombs were balls that should have been hit out. Um, hit two guys, end up giving up seven run, earned runs and in four innings. Just wasn't sharp. First start of the season, whatever, it's fine. But he, dude, man, comes back uh, five days later. Both were, both these starts were against New Hampshire and pitched 4.2, four two thirds with only one earned run, two walks, and four hits, seven strikeouts. Looked really good. Was shaky in the first inning or two, but I think he retired like five straight, uh, four of them being strikeouts in that series, in that game. So Noah Davis made the adjustments against the same team. If you give up seven earned runs, then against the same team only give up one in pretty much the same amount of time, you are doing something different and you figured it out. And just that brain of Noah Davis was working. Yeah. Uh, so again, hopefully he continues that, that pace and that development. Yeah. He is the pitching brain, official pitching brain. It's nuts. <laughs> what that wow. I can think of. But Nick Bush also kind of a hot and cold type of deal. First start was electric, five innings, uh, six hits, eight Ks, no runs. Second in, or second outing, five innings, eight hits, six runs, which is, is rough. But overall, 13 strikeouts in 10 innings and just one walk. And that's, again, I spoke on that earlier. That's what you're really looking for early from pitchers. Like, you get in your strikeouts, you're limiting your walks the quality of contact for the most part is going to fluctuate. So Nick Bush, he's just slicing and dicing to start the season. Um, friend of the pod, love to see him doing work. This is the kind of pace he needs to be on if he's going to keep pushing uh, into those next levels. Yeah, stuff is there. And yeah, him and Noah Davis just had 180 rolls there. <laughs> Nick, yeah, Nick Bush's first start was really fun to watch. It was I mean, he gave up six hits, but it was, like, just so precise. Everything was just precise. It looked really, really good. All right, let's move it on up. Last one, Triple A Albuquerque, the Topes. So they had a very interesting one. They were down 11 to 0 because friend of the pod, Frank Duncan, was not sharp uh, yesterday. Uh, I think he gave up seven runs, six runs in that first inning, but we're done talking about that. They were down 11-0 crawled back we had dingers from carlos perez went to bernard with hamo um was it welker no montero somebody else had a big bomb and they clawed the bay back tied it end up losing 12 to 11 um yesterday but the fact you're down 11 0 and you crawl back and do that at whatever level uh show some gumption so some so show some guts so i'd love to see that that was their series series opener home opener series this year um it was fun to see. There's something about that Albuquerque sky, man. You are very lucky. There's those pictures that I keep seeing pop up are insane. Gorgeous yeah, out there. It's consistently like awesome. Like I think you always see a couple pictures at cores every year that you're like, wow. But like Albuquerque pulls that like every other night. Yeah. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> Just get a lot of different colors in the sky and it's, it's sweet for baseball taking it in at the stadium yeah it's, it was it was cool seeing those pictures 
Who's hot is Winton Bernard? Do, if, if we didn't have a log jam in outfield, he would be already roaming center field, pushing Daza and Hilliard off to the side, <laughs> letting Wilt Winton Bernard do his thing. He is nine hits and 18 at-bats, posting up 1.47 OPS. His dinger was straight away up Albuquerque Topes Hill, 415, 420 feet straight away. Uh, just a f- shot yesterday to get the rally going. Um, whatever you want to say about him, dude is on fire. Not starting again, only 18 at-bats, not really consistently in the plane field, but you got Tim Lopes, Sean Bouchard doing things. Got to give Valade his at-bats. Um, so he is kind of that odd, odd man out. But 31-year-old Winston Bernard is fighting for his chance to get that call up. And so far, so good. Love seeing friends with the pod do work. And that man's smile. It makes me happy every time you see it. Yeah, he's just grooving. And if he keeps it up for the next few weeks, like I think he deserves to be that next man up when it comes to the outfield. And he deserves it most definitely. And we all love to see those stories, you know, come full circle where a guy like that who's been grinding for like 10 years in the minors finally gets his shot. So we got to see it. Yes, but for sure. Ryan Feldner has been cooking in AAA. You know, nothing special. It hasn't been, like, amazing. But he's already made three starts, and he's been composed in every single one. And, and that's really what that's you, you kind of look out for is, like, this is a guy who's still pretty young. You know, he, he's 25, but he's pitching in AAA. So that's that's that can be a tough kind of deal for some pitchers. You don't have a lot of experience. Um, you know, he's just doing work. 14 Ks in 15 innings. Uh, five walks he does have the three home runs which is something to keep an eye on you know if he's giving up one every five innings that's gonna kind of hold him down but Feltner is underrated in my opinion we saw him kind of struggle in the big leagues last year but his arm was just dead and he's already you know showing a lot more zip on the fastball I love his changeup, and if I, I think if he uses his changeup a little bit more I think he could really push his ceiling back into like you know a three or maybe a four starter so I, I like what I've seen from Feltner so far. I think that people undersell the Rockies pitching depth because I think Ryan Feltner is like right there. I think he's ready to go. It's just all those guys are knocking out the door. They don't have any of the experience right now. Rollins and Feltner, like all yeah. these, these guys are just, there's no depth because they haven't proven it at that next level. Uh, yeah. With Rollison out, it's going to be interesting to see if Feltner gets the call up before he does. Um Surprise slumper was Julian Fernandez out of the pen, the arm bar. In the 14 innings last year at Albuquerque, he posted a 0.64 ERA in the 14 games, 14 innings. Was literally lights out. So far this inning year, two and two-thirds uh, in the five across five games, two and two-thirds across five games. Uh, he has a 23.63 ERA. Uh, just not finding it. It's giving up two bombs, uh, four walks. Still getting a few. Nope, not wrong column. Only three strikeouts. He's a big strikeout guy with a big arm. And you're just, it's not there. Whatever it is, it's missing. He's shown success. He can do it. Uh, just one of those arm barn guys that we need to watch because he does have some major league experience too. He got the call of last year. Uh, it's just not what you want to see right out the bat when you know you're going to need that help soon. But yeah, Julian Fernandez. Yeah, he's got to be consistent pounding that zone. He did it last year. You're kind of like, how does this guy 
throw like a hundred and so many strikes and he just needs to keep that up. And, and I think we'll see him bounce back, but Ryan Vallade has also been slumping down in AAA. And this is kind of concerning for me because last season, the power just wasn't really there, you know, playing in a super hitter friendly place. He only had seven homers, not a whole lot of extra base hits, um, you know, for that park. He's kind of at it again, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing is, is set in stone at this point, but it's, it's kind of the same old as last year. And that's what worries me. Um, you know, he's only got nine hits and 46 plate appearances this year. Seven of them are singles. So it's, it's kind of like, he's just getting little ones. And for a guy like him, I think he needs to do a lot more than that. I think he needs to, you know, find the gaps. I think he needs to leave the yard, you know, 15, 20 times in AAA. And that's where you see the Ryan Valade that we all kind of expected to come through uh, when he was drafted. So would love to see that turnaround because he would provide some, some much needed outfield depth uh, in terms of the bat. I think a lot of our outfield depth right now with the Rockies, it's like a lot of glove speed kind of guys. Blade could be a good bat. So I would love to see that turn around. That's a good thing to point out. Yeah. That'd be really nice. And he is, he's that top prospect. Again, he's one of those ones that needs to really prove it. Middle ground. If my guy, Sean Bouchard, uh has two triples already <laughs> not not what i expected he only had three last year two year before two but he has two within 35 at bats so far in nine games so john bichard john bichard kind of doing it one home run eight rbis a 286 batting yeah. average um 838 ops literally just his average that's just everything he's done his entire career and if he's nothing but consistent so far so good just one of those guys to watch. Maybe he gets a shot towards the end. Maybe we have to wait another year or so. But the 25-year-old is doing his thing so far in Albuquerque. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be one of the most consistent hitters all year long. So I would expect him to be someone busting down the door here in no time. Kind of like Brett Boswell. This guy was already on the 40-man roster, but injury last season kind of had him taken off. Uh, but he's off to a good start this year. He has a homer. He has six walks going. Um, you know, he's fast. He plays a ton of positions on the, in the field. So Brett Boswell does a lot. You know, the bat is doing well so far this year. If he can keep it up, he is another one of those kind of outfield depth guys that can also play the infield. So a lot to like with Brett Boswell. Let's hope he can keep it up. Yeah, I really like Brett Boswell. It'd be cool to do it. So, yeah, that's your rundown. Week one, week two. Went through it. Sorry, it's a long one. It's fun, though. A lot of names, a lot of stuff. Go check out our newsletter. Listen to this, share the word. And we will continue giving this minor league affiliate updates. Same time next week, Tyler. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Go Rocks, minor league affiliates. Woo! All right. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.